Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning and welcome to Parkway Fellowship. I also want to say welcome to our North Campus. Glad you guys are joining us by video feed today. And today, kicking off a brand new series called The Rise and Fall of Kings. Now, let me tell you how this series came about. About six months ago, I was just, you know, spending time with the Lord in my, you know, regular devotional time alone with God, and I was reading through the books of First and Second Kings, and, and as I read through them, I was blown away. I was blown away by w- the things that God did to raise some of these kings to power, and by what happened when they fell from power. And I was equally blown away by the great things God did through some of these kings, all the good stuff God did, and by how some of these kings abused their power and how that led to their fall. Look, I don't know about you, but I want God to use me for as much good in this life as possible, right? And I don't want to mess it up. But I read how these kings squandered the opportunities that God gave them. And if we're not careful, if we don't learn the lessons from these kings, then I'm telling you, we are in danger of repeating their mistakes. Now, on the flip side, if we will learn the lessons from these kings, then we put ourselves in the best position possible for God to use us to accomplish some great things in this life. So, that brings us to the first message in this series. That brings us to our message today. Finding reliable advice. Because look, every king, every great leader, everybody who's ever accomplished anything important have had people advising him or her along the way. And it's often through the reliable advice of other people that God speaks to us and reveals to us the path in life that he wants us to take. Look, And we all want to know what it is that God wants us to do. We want to know the paths through life that God wants us to take. You know, if we've got a big decision, or if we arrive at a fork in the road, or there's a choice to make, we want to know, what does God want me to do? And that is especially true if it's a really big decision, or if there's a lot riding on it, or if that decision is going to affect our family for years and years and years to come. Like, we want to know, what does God want me to do? Because get this, every decision leads somewhere. Every decision leads somewhere. And here's the thing, if we make the wrong decision, if we get outside of God's plan, then the truth is that can lead, it can lead to pain, it can lead to heartache, it can lead to regret, and we can find ourselves doing things that we never thought that we would do. Because you see, God can see the result, the end result of every decision we make. He can see where every decision is going to lead and what its destination is. So doesn't it make sense that we would want God's guidance in those decisions? Well, of course it does. Because if God can see where it's all going to lead, we want to know what it is that he wants us to do. And those decisions could be anything. It could be decisions about 
career change or, you know, do I go into business for myself? You know, who to marry, who to date, where to go to college, what do I major in? It can be how do I deal with a rebellious teenager? How do I handle social media with my teenager? Um, do I go into debt over this? No, I mean, look, this, the decisions are, you know, could be any one of a thousand different things. But like I said, look, every decision leads somewhere. And so doesn't it make sense that we would ask God who can see where every decision ends up, that we would want his guidance? Well, of course it does. Now, the good news for us is that God wants to guide us. Like, he wants to help us make the right decisions. He wants to guide us in all of those decisions because he wants the best for us. But the problem comes when we have two competing sets of advice. One set of advice says to go do this. Another set of advice says to do that. And if neither one of them is morally wrong, then how do I know which one is from God? How do I know which one God wants me to take? Which is why I'm so glad that we have the passage that we're going to look at today. Because through this first king that we're going to look at, God gives us some standards to use when we weigh out advice. So the first king we're going to look at is a guy named King Rehoboam. Now, King Rehoboam, he reigned from 931 to 913 B.C. Now, what caused him to rise to power? What made him rise to power? One thing, inheritance. Inheritance. He didn't actually do anything to rise to power. He just inherited the opportunity. Now look, I don't want to just, you know, blow by that and, you know, pretend like that's no big deal because that actually, there is something to learn there for each one of us because sometimes in this life, God just simply gives you opportunities. God just simply, out of his immense love for you, he will just give you opportunities that you didn't earn or you didn't deserve and you didn't try to create or manufacture all on your own. And, you know, it could come from anything. It could come from um, a random reference that you got from somebody else that you weren't expecting. It could come from just some unforeseen networking opportunity. It could come from some inexplicable set of circumstances, but the end result is that an opportunity just lands in your lap. You know? And that's a gift from God. And we don't want to squander that opportunity. Now, for Rehoboam, what made him fall from power? What made him fall from power? What made him fall from power is that he, ha uh, is that he took bad advice which split the kingdom forever. He took bad advice which split the kingdom forever. Now, in the passage that we're going to look at today, Rehoboam is about to be crowned king. He's not king yet, but he's about to be crowned king. Now, his dad, King Solomon, had been a great king. So Rehoboam, he's got some really big shoes to fill. And so Rehoboam, he reaches this crossroad about what kind of king he is going to become. And so you know what? He seeks advice which is a great thing to do. But unfortunately, he takes the wrong advice, and that wrong advice has devastating consequences. For instance, let's look at a map 
of the kingdom of Israel. This is the kingdom of Israel when Solomon was in charge and when Rehoboam is about to become king. But Rehoboam takes some bad advice and the result is, is that it splits the nation in two. The northern part of the nation is now called Israel. The southern part of the nation where Rehoboam rules is called Judah. Which this is important to remember because when you're reading the book of 1st and 2nd Kings, after Rehoboam, whenever it's talking about Israel, it's not talking about the whole nation, it's just talking about the north. And when it talks about Judah, it's just talking about the south. Because get this, for the next 200 years, there will be civil war and animosity between these two. 200 years, all because of one really bad decision. Now, because this is what I want you to get. This is what I want you to understand, okay? The entire future of Rehoboam's reign and the entire future of the nation rested on one decision, one decision. And that was, which set of advice would Rehoboam take? Which set of advice would he take? Because if he chose one way, there would be one set of consequences. If he chose another way, there would be another set of consequences. He just didn't know which would lead to what. And had he known, I can guarantee you, he would have chosen differently. So, when I find myself with two competing sets of advice, how do I know which one God wants me to choose? How do I find reliable advice? Well, two ways. Here's the first. Number one is this. I need to become a servant leader. Become a servant leader. Let's read what happens. In 1 Kings chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says this. It says, Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all the Israelites had gone there to make him king, when Jeroboam, different guy, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this. He was still in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt. Now, hold on. Let me tell you who this guy is. Jeroboam was a former advisor to King Solomon. Remember, King Solomon is Rehoboam's dad. But it had been prophesied that Jeroboam would become king. Well, Solomon didn't want that. He wanted his son to become king. So Solomon tries to kill Jeroboam, fails, but Jeroboam flees the country for his life. But now, he's back. Verse 3. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Look, bottom line, Solomon had done so much building during his reign that taxes and slave labor were at an all-time high. And so the people are giving Rehoboam an invitation to be a different kind of king, to be a servant leader kind of king. That's what they're inviting him to do, okay? So here's the first thing that you need to know about finding reliable advice. It starts with you. It starts with you. You have to become the right kind of person. You have to become a servant leader. This, is, this was Rehoboam's fatal flaw because he only served himself. He didn't serve other people. 
And he should have been that kind of leader. And look, had he been the kind of leader that served other people, then honestly, figuring out which piece of advice would have been pretty easy to follow. But because he was the wrong kind of person, choosing which set of advice came from God became very cloudy for him. It was very hard for him to distinguish. So look, for you, for you, you have to become the right kind of person. You gotta become the right kind of leader because look, a servant leader is someone who serves those he or she leads. And they're not in it for the position or the limelight or the power or just to be in charge. Okay, because I mean, look, 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 anybody can be in charge, right? It doesn't take a great person to be in charge. It takes a great person to serve the people that they lead, to serve the people that they are in charge of. Look, that's what Jesus tells us to do, right? That's what he told his disciples to do. He said, hey, the greatest among you must be your servant. And he told them that they needed to wash people's feet. That means that they needed to be able to do the dirtiest and smelliest jobs around. And they were to be that kind of a leader. So what about you? What kind of a leader are you? Are you the kind of leader that, hey, you're not afraid to just get in there with everybody and get your fingers dirty? You're, you're, is that the kind of person, the way that you like to lead? If you are, then here's the thing. When someone gives you advice that merely elevates you but doesn't help you help serve other people, then it becomes really easy to reject that advice because it doesn't resonate with who you are. Because you are a servant leader. And that advice is not from God. Because God would only lead you, to, you know, to lead you with advice that would help you to go farther down the path of being a servant leader. And anything else you can reject as clearly not from God. So it's important that you become the right person. Because it helps you sort through and pick godly, reliable advice. Okay, now, number two. Number two is this, is that I need to give weight to age and experience. When considering advice, I need to give weight to age and experience. Look how the story continues. Verse five, Rehoboam answered, go away, he's talking to the people, he says, go away for three days and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King, Re- then King Rehoboam consulted the elders, I want you to circle the word elders, who had served his father Solomon, I want you to circle, served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, if today you will be a servant. Remember, see, even these guys are saying, become a servant kind of leader. If today you'll be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. They were telling them to become a servant leader. Verse 8, but Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men. Would you underline young men who had grown up with him? Underline grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young man who had grown up with him replied, tell these people who have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, make, your yoke, make, your, make our yoke lighter. Tell them, 
my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, as the king had said, come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly. Rejecting the advice given to him by the elders, he followed the advice of the young men and said, my father made your yoke heavy, I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I will scourge you with scorpions. I mean, come on. Like, this is like a no-brainer, right? I mean... Come on, Rehoboam, why in the world would you take the advice of these young guys when it is so obvious that the advice of the older, more experienced guys is so much better? Why would you do that? Duh. Right? <laughs> well, I, look, for, in hindsight for us, it's like it's so easy and it's so clear. But for Rehoboam, let's cut him a little bit of slack. It probably wasn't so easy because remember, he was living in an age in history where kings were served. Like, they were waited on hand and foot. Their wish was everybody's command. And so really, the advice of the young guys, really it fit the culture and practices of the day. So it seemed probably like pretty good advice to Rehoboam at the time, okay? So look, here's the lesson. Give weight to age and experience. Had Rehoboam done this, he might have gone down as the greatest king in Israel's history. But instead, he forever split the kingdom in two and it would never recover. You know, a piece of advice that I got that has helped me tremendously and still helps me today came from a pastor who was older and more experienced than me. And his advice to me was simply three words. He said this, he said, get a coach. Get a coach. And those words stuck with me. So you know what I did? Yeah, I got a coach. And so what I did was I went and found a pastor who was older than me and more experienced than me. It was farther down the same path that I felt like God was leading me to go as a pastor. And so I asked him, I said, hey, would you be my coach? Would you help me help coach me through situations, help coach me through decisions, help coach me to become a better pastor? And I'm telling you, not only did my coach save me from like some super stupid decisions, I mean, really. But he also has helped me make some really good decisions that I never would have thought of on my own. For instance, one of those is that every Thursday, I do a sermon run-through. So what that is, is that every Thursday morning, I um, have my message. It's, it's as ready to go for Sunday as, I, as it could possibly be. I mean, there's, there's a sheet with fill-ins, and there's you know, props, illustrations, you know, TV, Anything that we're going to use on Sunday, like Thursday morning, I preach that in front of our staff. And then our staff gives me feedback. They tell me what they liked, and they tell me what they didn't like. And you know what that does? 
that ensures that the message on Sunday is the clearest and the most powerful it can be for God to use. It, it, it provides God the sharpest tool to work with on Sunday to cut through our hearts and our souls so that he can change our lives, including mine. That's what it does. And I, you know what? I, ne I never would have even thought of that if it hadn't been for my coach. And I've actually had several different coaches through the years, but whenever I pick a coach, I always give weight to age and experience. Always. So let me ask you, who do you have in your life that's giving you advice that is older and more experienced than you? Who do you have that is that person? Who gives you that advice? Now, teenagers. For you, that is your parents, okay? That is your parents. And I know, I know that you are absolutely convinced that your parents know nothing and they're total morons, right? Like, I know that. Look, because when I was a teenager, my parents were morons too, right? But look, as I got older, my parents got smarter. <laughs> and then it dawned on me, you know, they might have been smart this whole time. And you know what, teenagers, you will arrive at that exact same conclusion. So do yourself a favor. Take their advice now. Look, God put them in your life for a reason, okay? Their role is more than just to provide you food, clothes, and an iPhone, okay? Their calling in life is much bigger than that. So look, God gave you your specific set of parents because he knew that you would need them. Now, I know that there's exceptions to everything, but as a general look, your parents are the best sort of advice, source of advice for you that you can have. So use them. Parents, adults, who do you have in your life that is giving you advice about where you're going? Where, who is giving you advice about parenting, about grandparenting, about finances, about career, about whatever? Because when you choose those people, you need to make sure that you give way to age and experience, and that's so incredibly important. And here's why, because here's the truth, okay? God always provides advice, always. But so does the devil. There's always more than one set of advice out there, and each of them have their own source. How do you know which is which? I'm telling you, this is a big deal. So, let's see how this story ends. Verse 16. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, what share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, O Israel. Look after your own house, O David. So the Israelites went home. That's the, remember, they went home to the north. But as for the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah, that's the south, Rehoboam still ruled over them. So now the kingdom is split. 
King Rehoboam sent out Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, but all Israel, that's the people in the north, stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get in his chariot and escape to Jerusalem, which is in the south. So all Israel in the north has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. When all the Israelites, that's the north, heard that Jeroboam, circle Jeroboam, heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. That means they made him king in the north. Only the tribe of Judah in the south remained loyal to the house of David. That's to Rehoboam. See, not only did Rehoboam end up splitting the nation in two, but Jeroboam became king over the north. And what we find out is that Jeroboam becomes one of the most wicked kings in all of Israel's history. And literally, he led millions of people astray. And so... This story today comes with the warning. And the warning is this, is that there is often more at stake than I realize. There is often more at stake than what I realize. I'm telling you, Rehoboam had no idea when he took the advice of his buddies that he grew up with that it was going to split the nation in two and literally that millions of people were going to go astray from God. He had no idea what hung in the balance that day. And had he known, I'm telling you, he would have chosen differently. And I'm telling you, you do not realize what is at stake when you're choosing which set of advice to follow. Which is why this story just can't be like a story we look at all the time and we go like, oh, like that's really nice. Like, yeah, people should do that. No, 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 no. Look, this is a big deal. There's a lot riding on this. You don't even know how much is riding on this. Oh, look, think about it this way, okay? King Solomon, Rehoboam's dad was the wisest man who has ever walked the face of the earth. God says that he gave Solomon supernatural wisdom. But get this, Solomon thought it necessary to have advisors. He had advisors. So if the wisest man who's ever lived has supernatural wisdom from God, had advisors, then who are we to think that we would do better? We have to have people in our life giving us advice. And so God is showing us how to pick. Now, if you realize that, you know, you've made a mess of things in your past, I would say two things. First is this. If you've never made the choice to become a Christ follower, you need to start there. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you, and then put him in charge, that's the first step. You must start there. There's a prayer in the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer to become a Christ follower, you're ready to do it today. Take a minute and pray that prayer. Okay? Second thing I would say is this, is if you have prayed that prayer and you realize you've made a mess of some things, then today, pray and ask God to forgive you. Say, God, forgive me for going out here and doing it on my own and following some bad advice. God, today I make a commitment to come back under your leadership and say, okay, God, I want to do things your way. And God, it starts by you changing me. Help me to become a servant leader. And God, 
I ask that you would help me give proper weight to age and experience when I'm choosing which course of advice to take. We do that. I'm telling you, we're on solid ground. I want everybody to bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this story, not for the results of what happened, but really, God, for the lessons that reach across the centuries to us today. And I pray for those listening today that are at a fork in the road, that are at a crossroads, that are at a decision point. God, that you have already provided people in their life to get advice from, and I ask that they would listen to those people, giving proper weight to aging experience as you are changing them on the inside. And so God, I ask that you would lead us all because God, we don't want to squander the opportunities that you gave us. And Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would bring all of us back next week so that we can learn more about the rise and fall of kings. And we ask it in the name of Christ, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.